Welcome to the Wisdom Rising podcast. I'm your host, Lama Sultrama Aleone, and my goal with this podcast is really to open your own wisdom, to have your own wisdom rising, either through the meditations that I lead or introduce you to, or to the people that I interview that bring wisdom with them in their own voice, in their own traditions. So we look forward to raising our wisdom together on the Wisdom Rising podcast. And I'm so happy to share this with you. So today, I thought I would teach from this text called the Kunje Jalpo, which is a very early Dzogchen text. It is from the lineage of Semde. Dzogchen has three main lineages, Semde, Wongde, and Menakde. Semde means the mind series, Longde means the space series, and Menakde means the pith instruction series. A few weeks ago, I taught from this, and since then I have gotten the whole Tibetan text that I have been studying, and I'm really excited about this material because it's very early and they're, they're short. They're these little kind of pith instructions of the 20 lineage holders of Dzogchen Semde from the land of Odiana or Ujjin and India before it went to Tibet. So it ends in its journey to Tibet, this lineage, with Vimalamitra and Sri Simha. Odiana is a place, some say, oh, it's a mythical place. It never really existed. But it seemed it did really exist because there's all kinds of people from there. Some say it still exists in another dimension. It was considered to be an enlightened place, an enlightened society. And that's where Padmasambhava was from, who brought Buddhism to Tibet. And many of these teachers in this lineage were from Odiana also. The reason why I'm kind of smiling talking about, some say it still does exist, is that my teacher, Chujal Namke Norbu, who was a great dreamer, that was his city, was his dreams. And his dreams were not like normal dreams that we have, that are kind of more like purifying our our experiences of our normal life. He, he dreamt and he went to other dimensions. He met with enlightened beings. He received teachings. He received specific formulas for medicines and so on. And in some of his dreams, he went to Odiana, and he was told in his dream that's where he was. And one of the people in this lineage is someone that he met there in that dream, the, actually series of dreams, and her name is Guma Devi, G-O-M-I-D-E-V-I, Guma Devi. And she taught him these very extensive, precise dances that are done on a mandala, which represents the world. The center of the mandala is the north and south poles, and the outside of the mandala is the equator. And so he had these 
dreams where she taught him this. They're very precise. And he would go back to sleep and she would say, no, the right hand, the palm is facing down in the third step. Things like that. There's so many things that exist that we don't see with our sense perceptions because of our own limits, but that doesn't mean they don't exist. And there are other dimensions of other beings that we don't see because of our nervous systems. We're limited by our nervous systems. We, we have only our senses and whatever we can do with our minds. An uncovered mind, uh, a mind that is freed from obscurations, can see much more than normal people. And uh, Namkin Rinpoche was one of those beings. Kumadevi was one of the lineage holders in the Semde lineage. And I was particularly interested when I first read about this, this lineage that there were six women in it. And of those six women, there were three who were called princesses and three who were called prostitutes. And I was particularly interested in that word prostitute and that these prostitutes were lineage holders because I have for a long time been interested in the whole historical lineage, if you will, of these women who were not prostitutes in the normal sense of the word. They were trained in the erotic arts and they could transmit through the erotic arts but they were educated women. Often they owned land and they also spoke several languages and were dancers and also they were musicians often and they were cultivated, educated and independent. That's the key thing about them. They weren't belonging to any man and they might have a sexual relationship with someone if they made the right offerings, but they wouldn't just do it with anybody. So they were really like courtesans. And so three of the women in this lineage that I'm going to be teaching from, and I think I'm going to do a series of these teachings. I, I may not do it every week. I think I will probably continue to teach these little pith instructions. And maybe there will be a book that comes out of this eventually. I want to thank um, my Dharma brother, Adrio, Adriano Clemente, who was the main translator for Chujilnam Kinorbu, for sending me the Tibetan of, of these. He, he translated the book. This is the book that they're from. It's called The Supreme Source, and it uh, was published by Snow Lion, who were then absorbed by Shambhala. I'm not sure if it's still in print. Uh, if it is, I really uh, recommend it, The Supreme Source. So in the, in the text it says, Then King Dahantalo perfectly understood the meaning of the primordial state and expressed his realization thus. So the way the lineage goes is that someone receives a teaching and then they express their understanding in a little phrase and then they teach the next person. The first one was from Manjushri Mitra 
who was the main disciple of Garab Dorje, who was the first human to teach Dzogchen, at least in the Buddhist tradition. I'm not sure in the Bun tradition, which also has Dzogchen. He was the first teacher, Garab Dorje. He was called the Crystal Child, and he was found abandoned and then raised by a king and began to teach when he was eight years old. And he taught Dzogchen. He said that Dzogchen had been taught in 13 other solar systems before it was taught on this earth. And as I said, there are so many things that are happening in our universe that we don't know, and it's very unlikely that we're the only life in our universe. In any case, his main, his main student was Manjushri Mitra, Jampal Shenyan in Tibetan. He taught him. And, uh, and then Manjushri Mitra taught to the king Dahentalo. And so this is Dahentalo saying what he understood. I am Dahentalo. My mind is like celestial space. So uh, that mind, the word in Tibetan is sem, and celestial space is namkai ying. So namkai ying means the space or the dimension of the sky. So it's not celestial space like some sort of heavenly realm. It's the vastness of space. So my mind is like the vastness of space. The vastness of space has no center or border. So this, uh, these two words are used repeatedly here, this u and ta. U means center, and ta means limit, like boundary. And so let's just take a moment and sit with that idea of limitless space and that our mind has no center and no edge. So become aware of your awareness and then notice that that awareness actually doesn't dwell in your body. It's not centered in your body. That awareness itself permeates everything yet has no center and no edge, no limit. We tend to think that our awareness is limited to our brain, our body, but in fact, this awareness is all pervasive. It's operating within our body at the moment, but it's not limited to that. Yesterday, I was down at the beach. I, I go to the beach every day for the sunset, and I was there sitting, golden orb setting in the west, and I had been studying these teachings, and I felt that vastness. It's always present. It's not only present when we're aware of it. This expansive space has no center or border, has no center or border. So 
This word bodhicitta, uh, many of you have studied, is particularly my Buddhism. You know that the bodhicitta has relative bodhicitta and absolute bodhicitta. And that's how it's taught in Mayana. And when we generate relative bodhicitta, we generate the intention to benefit all beings. It's it's our heartfelt compassion for all beings that's generated, and that's called raising bodhicitta. But in Dzogchen, this word, Changchupsem, has a different meaning. And that was something that Turjonam Kenorbu really emphasized. He was like, Dzogchen words are different than regular Buddhist words. And they they, they look the same. It says Changchu Sam or Changchu, but the meaning when it's in the context of Dzogchen is different. And the word bodhicitta in the Dzogchen sense is our true consi- true condition, which is primordial awakeness, primordial wisdom, that capacity inside ourselves that's always present but doesn't come forth until it's pointed out. And that's why pointing out instructions is so important. Pointing out meaning that a teacher points it out to you. And then when you see it, you think, oh, wow, that's been there all the time. I just didn't see it. That is the way the word bodhicitta is used here. It's our true nature. It's our true condition. Jang means to purify, and chup means to attain. And so it's the that which is attained through purification. But in the Dzogchen sense, it's always there and it's always perfect. It just needs to be uncovered. So bodhicitta has no center and no border. Meditating means being undistracted. So that's what the meaning of meditation is in Dzogchen. It means being undistracted, simply undistracted, because you're not meditating on something. You're becoming undistracted from your true condition, which is already present. And that is this mind which has no center and no boundary, no itch. So let's try that. Meditation is undistraction, undistractedness. Meditation is not being distracted. If you're not distracted, where are you? You're in the vast expanse of mind, no center, no fringe. In the ultimate nature that knows no center or border, Meditating means undistracted in the ultimate nature that knows no center or border. This word in Tibetan for ultimate nature is chuni. In Sanskrit, that's dharmata, not dharmadhatu, not dharmakaya, dharmata, ta. It's as things are, ta, dharmata. Dharma is everything. And so I think my favorite translation for this is suchness, how things are in their real condition, dharmata. In Tibetan, those words are actually opposite from the way it's translated here. In other words, the line 
in the ultimate nature that knows no center or borders before meditating means undistracted. I would translate that in the suchness that knows no center or border, meditating means undistracted. The main way to integrate this is through practicing with a teacher, how the teacher, a living teacher who knows this and teaches it. In this way, he realized the essence and obtained the power of longevity. So that's referring to King Dahantala. And then the next one begins. Prince Tuo Rajiti, or Rajahasti, the son of King Dahantalo and Queen Tsongyal, received the transmission of the essence from the Nirmanakaya Garb Dorje. So that means that this son of King Dahantalo actually was a student of Garb Dorje directly also. Then he asked his father for the complete teachings. King Dahantalo summarized their essential meaning for him thus. So this is one of those little essential meanings. Okay, so now we have bodhicitta. That word's repeated a lot here, so remember what I said that meant. Bodhicitta is the Buddha of the three times. So traditionally, there's the Buddha of the past, the Buddha of the present era, which is Sakyamuni Buddha, and the Buddha of the future, which is Maitreya. So that's the Buddhas of the three times. Buddhas of the past were born from it. So the past Buddhas came into being as Buddhas through realizing this bodhicitta, this true condition. That's how they became Buddhas. Without this, they wouldn't be Buddhas. So you could say they're born from it. Just as you, as you reach awakening, will be born from it or born into it. Buddhas of the present abide in it. So the Buddhas that exist now as Buddhas are inseparable from bodhicitta. That's what makes them Buddhas. That's what distinguishes them from ordinary sentient beings. And it's not something that's developed because it doesn't come into existence. It's always present. It's a matter of us uncovering our true condition. Buddhas of the future will be enlightened in it. So in the future, all the Buddhas that become Buddhas, male or female Buddhas, will become Buddhas in bodhicitta. The state of the Buddhas of the three times is one, one's own mind. So that's how he translated it. The way I would translate it is, one's own mind is the Buddhas of the three times. Rangsem, that's the Tibetan. Rangsem is the state. Their own mind is the state of the Buddhas of the three times. So the Buddhas of the three times are not separate from Chanchupsana. In other words, that's it. That's what makes them Buddhas is their recognition of their inseparability from this vast awareness that has no center and no edge. So let's sit for a moment again, feeling that, recognizing our awareness. This is in our thoughts. This is a vast knowing 
that's operating through this system that we call the body, and yet it is far beyond the limits of one body. It's permeating everything. It's the intelligence of the universe. Let your awareness expand out, or let your recognition of your awareness extend out limitlessly. What is the purpose of compassion for realizing the nature of mind? That's a, that's a good question. Compassion is the way this awareness expresses itself. So when we talk about the nature of mind, we, see, we say its essence is empty, its nature is luminosity, and its expression is compassion. So when the, that emptiness, which is the vastness, arises as appearances, like everything that you're seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, thinking, that's all the appearances of emptiness, or the radiance of emptiness, or the display of, of pure potentiality. And when those two come together, it creates compassion, because we see in that state our interconnectedness. We're not focused on the self as we normally are when we're in the dualistic state. We're having an experience of totality, and so naturally compassion arises in that. So it's part of it. Those are the three kayas. Dharmakaya is the empty essence. Sambhogakaya, or the dimension of luminosity, is the radiance display. And Nirmanakaya, or the embodiment of enlightenment in this world, is compassionate resonance. Thank you, everyone. And I'm really excited to be teaching this text. I will be continuing to do that. I'm sending you all lots of love. And yes, may all beings be happy and have the causes of happiness. And thank you all. Thank you, everyone, for being with us for this Wisdom Rising podcast. May it benefit all beings. And I'd like to take a moment to thank the production team of Wisdom Rising and also to let you know that if you would like further information on my work or the associated people who work with Tara Mandala, you can reach out to the Tara Mandala website, T-A-R-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A dot O-R-G. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.